Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, the podcast that inspires heart-first living. This is where you'll get practical tools to reduce stress, inspire creative action, and energize your personal growth momentum, along with ways to apply these tools. And now, here's your host, Deborah Rosman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ad Heart Podcast, inspiring forward movement and heart-powered intention. I'm Deborah Rosman, your host, and our December podcast theme is Add Heart to Emotional Well-Being. And I think we all would agree that we all love that, want that, or want more of it. And you look at what's happening in the world these days. Every day the news seems crazier. People's emotions are taking over out of fear or panic or just frustration. And we see school shootings. We see see drug overdoses. We see all the challenging things in society, and it's hard to make sense of it. People have been cooped up with the pandemic and wanting to release. And at the same time, we know that there has to be a way where we can take charge of our emotions. We can relate to each other and get along with more harmony. And part of it has to do with how we feel, the mood lifts people try to do with drugs or caffeine or drinking apple cider vinegar. That's when I read about this morning, how it's supposed to activate more serotonin and lift your mood. But really, emotional well-being is a lifestyle. It's an attitude. It's learning tools that can help us take charge of the ups and downs that can happen in our lives. And my guest today like myself, has made emotional well-being his life purpose. So I am delighted to welcome Nick Ortner, the founder and CEO of Tapping, uh, as my guest. And probably many of you have heard of Tapping, but it's a global phenomenon based on research, as is HeartMath, for how people can take charge of their emotional well-being. Welcome, Nick. Debbie, I'm so happy to be here to have this conversation at such an important time. I guess it's always an important time, but it feels especially important now to have this conversation. I feel that way, too. I mean, we're in the December uh, right now when we record this right before the holidays. It's actually launching on the day of the winter, winter solstice. And there's so much uncertainty in the world. And people really want to find a way to to have that inner peace, that inner compass, that more inner harmony. And of course, I felt that since I was in my 20s, but it's really imperative today. Let me ask you, years ago, what brought you to research emotional well-being? Yeah, it's such a good question. Uh, I think I always had a part of me that knew that there was more than what I was experiencing in life, right? If we look at most of the population. And certainly if we look at our education system and what we're taught through standard education, sort of the undercurrent of all of it, and I think it's carried over for a lot of people into adulthood, is this idea that life just happens to you, right? Everything just happens. If uh, you're angry at someone, it's because they said something or they did something. If you're stressed about something that's happening in the world, it's because something is happening in the world to be stressed about. Uh, if you're stressed out of work, it's because work is stressful. It's all this idea that life just happens to you. And we're just sort of passerbys and we get smacked around by whatever's going on. And that's that. And 
I just had a sense within me that that wasn't right, that there was, there was something else. There was something else to it. There was a different approach. There was other possibilities and opportunities. And that just put me on the path to personal growth and self-help and this whole world. And really, if you look at that path and look at that journey for all of us at all times, underneath it all, the real big shift that I think happens is that we have to continue to remind ourselves of is that we have agency over how we feel, that we have agency over the decisions we make and that shape our lives and can help shape the world. And certainly things do happen. We don't have agency over a co- you know, COVID-19 happening in the world, right? We do have agency on how we react to it. And I think that's something that I'm continuously reminding myself of because like everyone else, it's very easy to default back to the patterns of the things that we grew up. It's very easy to default back to the patterns of what the world around you is giving you. But time and again, we've got to go back to that idea like, okay, I can't control everything, but I can control a lot of things. Do you feel that, I mean, the trends lately, I mean, they can look crazy in the papers, but since the pandemic, yes, there's more anxiety, depression and uncertainty, but it's like everybody, the whole world is put on pause and people had to evaluate. They had to, what we say, go to the heart or attempt to. And even though there's more anxiety and depression and uncertainty, there's more compassion and care and kindness. There's been a heart awakening, which I find amazing to observe. How do you see things changing in your connections with the people you work with, your lists, your community? What trends have you seen? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it points to uh, the idea that wherever we look, we are going to see different things. And that's why it's so important to decide where we're going to look, mm. where are we going to put our attention? So if I look on Twitter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a certain <laughs> view of the world. If I look on Instagram, I'm going to get a certain view of the world. If I go on TikTok, it's a different view. Facebook is a different view. I mean, it's funny that, you know, these platforms all align with different age groups, different cultures, obviously matters who you follow. So if I use those externalities and I look at what's happening there, it's not good. It's people fighting about everything. It's commenting and arguing and all that stuff. So then you look at that and then you look at the news, obviously that's the standard, you know, bad news. You know, if it, if it bleeds, it leads that has not changed, you know, the idea to grab these headlines. So if I look at all those externalities, boy, things look terrible. But then if I look at things that I have direct experience with, then it changes. That's when you see, oh, you know, this person actually had a great time of the pandemic because they didn't have to commute in two and a half hours mm-hmm. into New York City. They reevaluated their family life. They changed their priorities. Oh, that person did great. They restructured their business to make it fit better for them. That restaurant that seemed like it was falling apart, she decided to not, you know, be open for three days out of the week. And it's the best decision she ever made for her life because she found she's making more money with less stress. So, and I think it's an important distinction as we navigate our days, that difference between these external things that we see in the world, the arguments, the fights, the disagreements, what social media presents, what the news presents, and then what our lives present. And that doesn't mean there aren't any conflict in our lives. I've also seen, you know, over the two years of pandemic, I have seen families that have been, you know, split up a bit, pushed apart a little bit, disagreeing on COVID and on politics. So that's still there. I'm not saying it's a, it's a fairly land there, but 
it's certainly more skewed to the good things that are happening in the world when we connect to our local community, our local experiences, the people that we're dealing with on a daily basis. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think it's so important because people, it, whatever lens we're looking through is largely how we end up seeing it. And but you talked about these different social media platforms. It's like people are forming into tribes based upon what platforms they are on or what media they watch. And their perception is reinforced by each other in their tribes. And whether or not it's actually um, objective or the highest truth is not the issue. It's like people need that social reinforcement, that social reassurance almost becomes more important than whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, and to use just a symbol. And that's one of the ways I see things changing is tribes forming, support groups, support systems, even if they're around something that is not something I might value or agree with. But at the same time, the ones that I am participating in or the heart math community or like you in your tapping community can really facilitate each other's personal growth and social support. So at this point, I go, how do we get these different tribes listening to each other? Is mm -hmm. there a way? Is there even an openness? Because the polarization is so strong. And again, you know, that's part of the research. And you know, I studied attitude change at the University of Chicago and for myself. It was always about emotional well-being. Personal growth is always about how do we feel better and do better? Yeah. I mean, it kind of skits right down to that. And that's what everybody wants, really, in their hearts. So do you, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I think it's always worth envisioning how you see things improving collectively. Yeah. Well, I've certainly seen, like you talked about in the communities, I mean, just last night, um, we have a Facebook group for the Tapping Solution app, and there's somewhere around 60,000 people in there. And one mother posted a beautiful story about her son with ADHD and Asperger's and all these challenges, and he's 21 and lives at home, and everything she's been doing for herself to regulate her emotions and feel better, and how he noticed the shift and was interested. Mm. So that was like a great little piece of it, right? When people do their own work and he noticed the shift and interested. And I mean, I, I actually had, you know, tears running down my eyes, uh, down my cheeks when I read this in large part because of the community below it, the comments, well done, mama, you got this. Oh, I had the similar challenge. I've got a daughter who's 12. I've got this. I've got that. Here's what I suggest. It must've been 75 comments by the time I checked it last night. And that which you really don't see on the internet. So it's like, right. we, we have to cultivate these environments because it, it was so different from what you see if you're just jumping on Instagram or jumping on Facebook on the main feed that it was almost shocking, like how kind and supportive people were to each other. I think people are kind and supportive to each other in real life. They're just not that way on the internet. So to your question, and, and I think this goes back to you know emotional well-being at all times. We need a North Star. We need something to shoot for. We need examples of people living this way. Like we need something to aspire to. It's like, oh, look at that person. I mean, whether it be, you know, potentially the most cliche would be like the Dalai Lama, right? Where it's like, okay, there's something there. And I say cliche because everyone's 
as the Dalai Lama in peace, not because there's anything cliche in and of itself about the Dalai Lama, but it's like, okay, I aspire. What do I see there that I want in my own life? And then I think as leaders, as you know, us having this conversation, the people listening are clearly leaders in their community, leaders in their workforce. If they're exploring this material at this depth, it's on us to be that role model. And it sounds cheesy, like be a role model, but that is what we need now. We need people to go, you know, I want some of that. I want, I don't know what Debbie's doing or what she's all about or what, but I want that because she has an energy to her. She's always happy. She's kind. She's full of gratitude. We don't have enough of those examples to aspire to. We certainly don't have them in public life or political life. And we've seen how the discourse there is in the garbage can now. I mean, it's never been good, but now it's worse than ever. So what can we do to set that example for ourselves and then for us individually to look around and go, okay, what am I trying to experience here? Like, what is it that I want? You know, we say happiness, we say I want more peace, but then we go on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, like we're not taking actions that, that reflect what it is that we say we want. And that, to me, that means we've got to aspire higher. There's got to be, it can't just be like, simple happiness. It's like, we want something. And for a lot of people that's spiritual progress, right? If you're a spiritual being, then saying to yourself, okay, I am a spiritual being in a human body. I am here for a reason. I have find meaning in what I do. So I'm going to work every day towards something, towards a more open heart, towards more kindness, towards more gratitude. But if we don't have that North star, that goal, then we're just going to let life and social media and the news knock us around. You know, it's so true. And it's readiness as well, because, you know, you can hear people on the, you know, even leaders saying we need to go high, not low. And yep. yet you see so many of our elected leaders just voicing the low that they probably would have repressed before, but now it's coming out and you go, how did we elect that person? And it's, it's so crazy. And at the same time, you have individuals following that, like, how is it that you can't see th through that? And I keep taking it back to, again, who's your support system? Because you end up adopting those beliefs. And part of my, each one of us has to follow our own mission. You know, part of my feeling is why I invited you to join me in this At Heart podcast. And it, it's just different groups coming together. It's like, when you put heart math in your tapping app and you're talking about tapping, which we'll talk a little bit about in a minute today, it's like, okay, we, we both have been following what are best practices for emotional well-being. Well, let's come together and collaborate and co-create. I think people want to see that rather than just isolation, even though heart math as a system is self-contained, so to speak, but its mission is always about collaborating with like-hearted or like-minded, uh, effective practices. Yeah. And, and I think I we think need to continue to evolve too, and just go, well, what, what works, what fits right. for this person here? What fits for that person there? How can I explain something better? How can I make something a different length of time to improve it here? Mm. Uh, you know, I did a, uh, I did a tapping meditation in the app a couple months ago. I actually did it for 
my wife who was pregnant, had morning sickness, and I had done a tapping meditation for her morning sickness before, but she found the tapping on the points to be too stimulating mm. in her particular experience of pregnancy, that particular pregnancy in that moment. And as an alternative, people can press on the points and just put, just apply pressure on the points. So I made that tapping meditation for her, put it in the app, a little side benefit, and just called it settle your stomach. And for a certain group of people, it's one of their favorites. Like they go to it all the time. They found it and they go, it's not even about your stomach. I use it just to settle my whole body down. So something resonated with, with in that moment in time with what I put together and it served, you know, these people. So I'm always looking for that. Like what are the combos? You know, there's people who do the heart math and tapping every single day. They, in the app, they like that combination. Something worked for them. And, you know, how can, yes, how can we continue to support each other and continue to find innovative I think solutions? The key to that is having the integrity to say what works. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about, about both heart math and tapping is they're based upon utilizing or facilitating your physiology to empower your mood shift or your behavior change or help you feel different, better. And I think that's probably one of the keys here is bringing science and spirit together, as we say, in terms of what people need is what is the what works and the validation of that. Because again, you know, heart math is about techniques that get your heart and brain in sync. You get your respiration synchronized with your attitude and it shifts and you go, wow, I can take charge of how I feel. This is amazing. And with tapping your methodologies, people do the different tapping approaches and they find what resonates with them and go, wow, this technique facilitates me having agency, as you said, taking yep. charge, being empowered. And, you know, when I scan, what is my biggest inspiration? It's what can help people find that self-empowerment or find that alignment with who they really are instead of what's not making them happy. Cause you know, when you just believe in all this other stuff, and even if you're negative on the internet, internet with your social group, it backwashes on you. It oh, doesn't feel good. And so people are depressing themselves. They're making themselves more anxious and uncertain that ends up being in a, a very uh, downward spiraling feedback loop. Oh, for sure. And if you think about, you know, those experiences of people being on social media or reading the news, you know, you would use the word physiology, uh, which is so important. It's critical to both heart math and tapping. We're, we are connecting to our bodies. We're going, Hey, it's not just about the brain. Like the heart has a brain too. And the heart has intelligence and the heart uh, knows so much people on social media and they're commenting they're this or that it's all brain. It's all brain. There's no body. There's no awareness. I mean, are you ever aware of your breathing patterns when you're scrolling through Instagram? <laughs> Are you ever aware of your posture when you're reading the news? Like none of that happens. And we've forgotten that we have these bodies that control so much of how we feel, what we experience in the world. And that's why the simplest tools, I mean, if you really look at it, tapping and heart math are simple mm -hmm. tools. They're in their, the ability to learn them quickly and bring them into your life. You know, it's also simple exercise. We've done it for mm -hmm. millennia. You know, it's also simple sleep. Like we've yeah. done it for a long time. So, <laughs> you know, 
I think people take it for granted sometimes because of its simplicity, but the research bears out that, you know, the change that can be affected from using these tools is really powerful. Right. So let's give people an experience. Um, Add Heart is all about adding more, putting your heart into it as the saying goes, adding more heart, our own deeper care to our intentions, adding compassion to ourselves or care for ourselves, which is emotional being. And these qualities are so important for taking care of ourselves. Like you said, sleep are in simple tools. Um, and of course, there's so much focus now on getting enough sleep, eating better, I mean, family, spending heart. These are all heart qualities we're bringing out to feel better, to and feel better in our hearts and make it meaningful rather than superficial. So what do you do when you want a quick mood shift, Nick? And maybe you could share that with one thing with the audience. Yeah. I mean, you know, my go-to is just doing a few minutes, even if it's one round of tapping, any choice that you can make. I mean, the hardest part of creating change is to make the choice that you want to create some change. Like that's the hardest part. Once you've made that choice, the tools are there, you know, heart math is there. The hardest part of heart math is actually beginning the process to do right. it. Like that's, exactly. that's a challenge period. Like once you begin the process, the rest is easy because right. the benefits are so immediate, so fast, so rewarding. And what do we usually do when we do these things? We go, Oh, why, why did it take this long? Right. Or like, why did I forget to do this? Like, so, you know, put the pressure on yourself to just try to find that little gap. Like, okay, what's that? And that's why, you know, we've, generally these tapping meditations that we've done are between five and 11 minutes. And I've done these recently that are called micro boosts. There are three minutes. It's like, because maybe you want to do more after that, but at the very least you're busy, you got a long day, this, that, and the other three minutes, one round of tapping, just turn things around. And then hopefully that opens the door. So we could do a, we could do a quick micro boost and then, you know, even, have that open the door into a heart math process the way we do it together inside the app. Let's do that. But before we start, let me just mention for the people who don't know anything about tapping, that it's based on the Chinese medicine, you know, acupressure points. And so, but Nick does is just give a simple technique without having to do acupuncture or acupressure of actual tapping on some of those points that can change the way the energy flows in your body. And that can help your mood. So just with that brief, brief introduction, you know, we're, we've been doing some micro techniques too, because it's remembering to do it yep. in the moment on the go. So Nick, why don't you share one? Great. So let's, um, let's just start tapping together and we'll start by tapping on the side of the hand. Now people uh, aren't seeing you. So yeah. what you're doing yep, I'll is de- I'll describe it. I'm taking four fingers of one hand and I'm tapping on the outside of the other hand, whatever hand feels comfortable for you. And what the latest research shows is that when we tap on these endpoints of meridians of our body while focusing on the stress, the anxiety, whatever we're feeling, we send a calming signal to the amygdala in the brain. We tell the body that it's safe. So tapping on the side of the hand. Now we'll move to the eyebrow point. It's on the inside of the eyebrow where the hair ends and it meets the nose. You can take two fingers of one hand the other hand or both hands. These meridians run down both sides of the body. And as we tap gently, just take a few gentle breaths. 
moving to the side of the eye. It's not at the temple, right next to the eye, on the bone, two fingers again, one side or both sides. And just take a moment to notice if you've been carrying any stress in your body, the things you've been worrying about, holding on to, struggling to let go, bring them up now. We actually want to take a moment to focus on the negative, the truth of how we feel, in order to just send that calming signal and let it go. We move under the eye, again, two fingers, both under both eyes, right on the bone. What's been weighing you down? What if you could begin to let it go? Under the nose, right underneath the nose, two fingers. What's been going on in your life, going on in your life? Is it safe to release this from your body? Under the mouth, uh, below the lip, above the chin, that little crease, tapping with two fingers, breathing gently, noticing the stress you've been carrying, beginning to let it go. Three points left for the next point, the collarbone. Feel for the two little bones of the collarbone. You can go right below it, all 10 fingers of both hands. And just notice as you begin to release the stress, your body feels more grounded. Your heart begins to open. Letting go of any stress, anxiety, or worry. Underneath the arm, three inches underneath the armpit, either side of the body. Just tap with one hand, all five fingers, breathing gently releasing these stressful thoughts, finding that peace within. And then right at the crown, top of the head, tapping gently, releasing any worry, any stress, grounding in your body, letting go. And you can gently stop tapping and take a breath in. And just tune into how you feel. Oftentimes we do ratings before and after, but that was just a quick one round demonstration. And from here, if you want, Debbie, we can go right into. Sure. Sure. Thank you, Nick. So effective techniques, that's but remembering to use them or any part of them. So now we're going to go deeper in the heart. So let's focus our attention in the heart area. We're going to do a quick coherence technique you can do in actually one minute, anytime, anywhere, and then we'll expand it into a heart lock-in, a heart meditation. So focusing on the heart, pretend your breath is now flowing in through the area of the heart and out through the area of the heart. And just breathe a little more slowly, a little more deeply than normal. Maybe about a five count in, five count out. Find an easy rhythm. That's natural. Now, as you do this, just keep breathing in a feeling now of gratitude or appreciation that you have for someone or something in your life, just to warm up your heart. Be a person, a pet, a place in nature. Find an attitude of gratitude or 
appreciation as you continue breathing in through the heart and out through the heart in this nice, easy rhythm. Just know that as you do this activation of a heart quality, like appreciation, or you could breathe care or compassion for yourself or someone else or kindness. You feel those heart qualities <clears throat> and they're actually synchronizing your heart, brain, nervous system, creating different hormones, different biochemical releases in your body. Now let's radiate a feeling of appreciation to areas of your life that you care about, to people in your life. Just radiate that, send that quality of heart out from your heart to areas of your life or people in your life that you care about. Now ask yourself, where could you have more emotional well-being in your life? Where could you add more heart to yourself, more self-care? What might that look like? It's more sleep. More time with your children, more time with someone that you love, more time with yourself. What might you gift yourself during this holiday month? Would add to your emotional well being. Now let's visualize together co-creating a reservoir of coherent heart energy, of uplifting heart energy, with made of heart qualities like care and compassion and kindness and appreciation. And in this reservoir, we can each access this, dip into it as needed over the next month to energize and uplift our emotional well-being practices to support and give reassurance to our heart connection. We do this by just radiating that intention from our heart as we continue the heart-focused breathing of appreciation or gratitude and radiating it into this reservoir.
And let's close this heart meditation by holding in our hearts with compassion all the people on the planet who are experiencing hardships, trauma, anxiety, sadness through these times, knowing that as we hold that in our heart and radiate that compassion, it can help uplift in the energetic field that we're all connected. Thank you all for joining Nick and me together in that heart meditation. And remember, it is about tools, tools that can help us harness the power of our physiology, lift our spirits, that is remembering to use them. Nick, do you have any last words you'd like to share? No, thanks for taking the time uh, for having me for listening to this conversation. And uh, like I said earlier, that was the hardest part is just putting on this kind of content. So you chose this over something else and then got the little added benefit at the end of doing this little process. So hopefully you're feeling good and now just keep the momentum going. You know, we need you. We need you out there to be these lights uh, to lead the way with inner peace and happiness and joy. And just so happy that everyone joined us today. Me too. Thank you. And happy holidays, everyone. Happy New Year. Our next month's Ad Heart podcast will launch Tuesday, January 18th, 2022 at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So thank you all for participating and keep using your tools through this time period. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Ad Heart podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can catch the latest episodes. If you're wanting even more heart-inspired content, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Clubhouse, and LinkedIn. Look for HeartMath and also the HeartMath Institute. Both organizations are committed to helping activate the heart of humanity.